This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. All right, it's Taz and the Moose with you here on this Wednesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Your number to call coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studio. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way to provide a seamless mortgage experience. Andrew in for the vacationing Taz here on this Wednesday. Taz will be back in the fold rest of the week on Thursday and Friday morning with me as well as he makes his return. We've been talking about a myriad of different topics. Mark Rogers out Oak City, WWLS joined us closing out hour number two. Let's kick off this third and final hour. Here we go, the three. It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. AL tops NL 4-3 to three in 2019 MLB All-Star Game. Yeah, they do. Um, Bieber, the MVP, representing uh, Cleveland. The Indians pitched, uh, struck out the side in his one inning of, rel- uh, one inning of relief. He was very, very good. Gallo had proved out to be what ended up being the, the game-winning home run that made it a 4-1 game. Pete Alonso tightened, tightened it up. Bases loaded, two out with a two-run single that made it a 4-3 game. So you look at it for the American League. Uh, they've now 25-6-1. Last 32 All-Star games. They've won seven in a row. Uh, the American League night out in Cleveland, Ohio. I'm sorry. I'm very distracted by something I can't. I don't think I can discuss on the air, Moose. Maybe it'll be for the after show, yeah. the podcast. Yeah, okay. Um, it, as we said, it's very top of the broadcast today. It lacked the singular moment that you're going to remember forever. It's not going to make any – nothing last night's going to make a top 10 all-star rundown. There's just – I mean, just that didn't exist. But I thought the game was good. I thought it was clean. I thought it was quick. Uh, there weren't too many home runs. There were a lot of strikeouts. Um, but I like it was to me the fact that it was entertaining. It held my attention, and it got done quickly. Which again goes back to the issues that baseball faces every day. The fact that this All Star game played in less than three minutes, three hours, is crazy to me. But there it was, and I will always appreciate that because I went to bed at a reasonable hour last night, Moose. And for us at three thirty in the a.m. wake up, yeah, that's always going to make me feel good. That is. Uh, here's Shane Bieber on winning the MVP last night. I don't think it's it's hit me, and I don't I don't know when it will, but it's going to hit me hard. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. That's that's a pretty special thing to hear, um, and 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 to try to soak in. How about Alex Cora on Bieber winning the MVP? Good fastball, good mix. Talking to Tito, he's he's a great person too, and uh, it was electric out there. The the fans got in it, and and it was fun. And uh, I'm glad that. You know, he got the MVP. You know, this is tough. He plays at this level. He's really good. There's a reason the Indians are playing the way they're playing, and he's one of them. Yeah, closing out the first half pretty strong. And, you saw, and you know, I thought Joel Sherman tweeted out and said, you know, with his vote for the MVP, he gave it to the city of Cleveland for doing a lot of things right on the field and off the field. Um, uh, for, you know, the three days uh, that it was, he count the Futures game as well. 
uh, in a celebration of the sport. Here is Dave Roberts uh, coming up on the losing end as the National League manager talking about the city of Cleveland. The fans, as far as the parade, um, during the game, attentive, cheering for uh, past and present uh, Indians, and they were just really engaged. So Major League Baseball, the city of Cleveland got it right. Ah, uh, they did. Uh, they were great last night, and they were great over a couple days as the American League victorious. Uh, the young stars were, and I think that's one thing you're going to look back on the last couple days, Andrew, is the young stars, the cavalcade of young stars for Major League Baseball. Yep, I mean, and it was in more than one way. It was one of the younger All-Star games ever, and some of those guys were able to flex their muscles. Alonzo, the home run derby, the two-run single last night. There were some nice defensive plays by some other guys in that game last night. And that, that now that is the the goal again. Whatever momentum they got from last night and from Monday night, they got to keep this going. You're always making new fans through events like this, but you want to keep those fans' attention. Uh, and that's where baseball has, has struggled when they've had the ability. I mean, we've had the Red Sox. We've had the Cubs and droughts. Um, we've had some dramatic home runs in World Series and other postseason series. So there's there's been the ammunition there to go out there and make yourself more popular. But the increase in popularity maybe hasn't, hasn't met all of the moments and the players that are there for the taking. Um, so now baseball needs to continue this push to put their guys front and foremost here and, and, and keep churning out new younger fans. All right, number two. Number two. Manfred says MLB didn't alter baseball for more home runs. Yeah, let's hear from uh, Manfred himself. This is courtesy of uh, Sirius XM MLB Radio. I think that the issue with the baseballs that is really the most important one. It's a handmade product with all natural materials. There's going to be variation in the baseball year to year. I mean, that's just a reality. I think that um, we want to focus on two things. Number one, we've tried to be absolutely transparent on the ball. We did a study. We published the study. We put it out to the press. Um, if there comes a point sometime in the future where we decide to make a change in the baseball, believe me, you guys will know about it first. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why there needs to be a variation of the baseball year to year if you're using the same materials, if it's being produced in the same style and fashion. I don't know why there would be such great variance. But he didn't say great variance, but he said there is a variance, right? Now you look at the percentage. Now, Major League Baseball, in, and he went on, we don't have the audio, but did go on to say that uh, you know, this is not exactly the the baseball that owners are happy with, but we continue to look at what the issue is. I mean, you can also adjust the baseball again, <laughs> right? You know, and and maybe raise the seams a little bit to give a little bit more of an advantage to the pitcher. To where, yeah, I know launch angle, strikeouts, hitting the home run, everything. We all on that. The, the rates are astronomical. Uh, Three hundred twenty-two home runs. The Yankees are on pace to hit. They t- hit two eighty-seven a year ago. Uh, setting a new Major League mark. 1.37 home runs per game. Um, four, 54 guys are on pace to hit 29 or more home runs. So it's all changed the landscape. Now people can look at the bat. Maybe you can look at performance enhancing drugs. You can look at the baseball as well. Verlander was critical on Monday out in Cleveland. Your starter for the American League representing Houston last night out in Cleveland, Ohio. Andrew, um, I, I mean, there's probably a percentage with each of those. But baseball can also adjust the baseball back, no? Right. And when and when you look at the the numbers, I mean, this is at least a three-year, quote-unquote, problem, right? The first big 
increase in home runs was 2017. Then things went down last year. Now they've gone back up in this year past the, 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 the rate that they were going out of the ballpark in 2017. So we went up, we came down a little bit, and now we're going more up here in 2019. So I, on one hand, that does kind of seem to may, maybe make a little more sense in his variation argument that in 2017, the ball flew more. Last year, the variation took us back down a little bit. Now this year's ball is flying even more. But it also seems that maybe they're trying to figure out where the right ball construction is, where they're in their happy medium, where we're getting home runs, we're getting exciting plays, we're having guys show off their muscle and crush balls out of stadiums, but it's not to an an absurd level. But right now it's at an absurd absurd level, and I'd love to see what next year is going to bring. Because if we go back down the other direction – it just to me it fuels the idea that they're trying to figure out where the right where the right kind of you know the happy spot is here and they're definitely doing something behind the scenes to dictate the the dynamics of the baseball yeah and and uh, the pitchers aren't happy about it and maybe there'll be an adjustment back after some of the uh, records or the records continue to get obliterated uh, you know Verducci caught some heat last night uh, Andrew did you see that in terms of the question they asked Christian Yelich about 62 home runs I did not, no. Well, he basically, he phrased the question that, you know, the last time we saw somebody, you know, chasing the mark of 62 was, uh, you know, was someone that was linked to, you know, performance energy drugs. It was during the steroid era. You know, threw that into the question. He asked Yelich, what does 62 mean to you? And he's like, listen, it's it's a number, I, you know, it's it would be great to accomplish, but... You know, that's, that's a lot of home runs to hit. Yeah. Yelich has got 32 at the break. Didn't participate in the home run derby because he's tweaked his back on Sunday. Final game for the Milwaukee Brewers and has been, you know, has, has been an unbelievable, uh, you know, player since acquired from the Marlins. I, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, the steroid era happened. I don't know if I'd phrase the question the way that Verducci phrased it last night to Yelich because the implication then is anybody that comes close to that number is got PEDs, you know, kind of throwing that into yeah. the mix when baseball wants to try and tell you as much as they can that the sport's as clean as it has ever been. Well, and I also think, too, whether I'm being unfair or not, I mean, everybody that was around the game, in the game, covering the game, in charge of the game like Bud Selig, none of them get a free pass. Like, you can't, you can't have covered baseball then and not – chase down every possible lead and try to write the huge expose and tear those guys down for cheating in the moment and then like be on your high horse now and not acknowledge those numbers and 62 is the real like I I just I don't have patience for that maybe maybe that's me being too unfair to those guys Um, but like I just the, the number the record is the record whether you like Barry Bonds whether you like Sammy Sosa or not they hit what they hit cheating sure but they hit what they hit and we have to deal with that being the numbers of reference at the moment. Yeah, we'll see exactly where the home run rates are, but right now they're off the charts historic. We'll see if that continues in the second half, the last, you know, 70 plus games of the MLB regular season. Number three. NBA to implement coaches challenge system on one-year trial basis in 2019-2020 system. There you go. Let's hear from Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, uh, talking about this experimental coaching challenge system. Just to touch on our Board of Governors meetings, we've passed a coach's challenge. It's a one-year experiment. It's fairly limited. Um, There was discussions at the competition committee as to whether it should be more expansive. We're trying to balance a game of flow 
and not create too much stoppage with trying to get our calls right, of course. So this is a challenge that we've been experimenting with um, in the G League for the last several years. Um, used last year summer in the summer league and are already using it um, in this year's summer league. So you, you're seeing it uh, in the summer league. You've seen it in the G League past couple years. And what it is is uh, coach has got one challenge, right? Personal foul on his own player, out of bounds play, goaltending. Right. Can't, you um, can't even challenge a non – like if you thought your guy was fouled, you can't challenge No, that. it has to be on a call that's made. Yeah. Um, you need to have a timeout to use your challenge. You only get one challenge, as Andrew and I discussed earlier. It's not like if you win that challenge, you get another. So you only get one challenge per game. Final two minutes, that goes to the replay center uh, where they're going to be reviewing all the plays. So you can't use a challenge final two minutes. If you try and challenge a play and don't have a timeout, a technical foul will be called and no challenge then uh, will be had. So you need to have a timeout in order to do it. I mean, I'm inter- it's interesting. I think Silver hit upon it there, though, the flow of the game. That's the one thing you don't want to be greatly affected for the NBA you want the the enjoyment still to be there for watching NBA basketball. Yeah, and, and I know referees are not perfect and they're going to miss calls. Um, I still think they miss maybe too many ones at least seem obvious that's fair. Uh, on TV to us. And that's a completely different vantage point. And we're not running up and down the floor looking through bodies. But I think there are maybe too many calls that end up having to be disputed. Uh, but in the end, like I've been saying all morning, like to me the most important thing is the call being correct. I, I, I have yet to really... like. Any review that's happened that has gotten us to the correct decision and the game ending in the right way, I've never found myself going, man, that review was too long. I mean, because it it was, to me, it ends up being worth it. So, you know, the NBA is trying to make this as clean and as crisp as possible, and they can always make the actual review better. But in terms of making sure calls are right, I'm open to almost anything. Yeah, and and they're going to give it a one-year experiment to see how the game is affected. It's not written into the bylaws that this is what it's going to be for the next 20, 25 years. And I'm sure there'll be an adjustment, Andrew, if there's things that they don't like affecting the flow of the game. Everyone wants to get the calls to be right, but you also want it to be an enjoyable watch. See, not everybody does, though. I mean, that's and that's at least when I hear someone like love human error, I've never understood that argument. It's almost like your team has never lost a game on a bad call. And my teams have, and I well, hated is, them. But and I wish there was a way to fix them in that moment. Well, this is going to be fixed at that stage. I mean, because you're going to have the final two minutes is going to be going to the to the center. You know, they're going to be overlooking everything in the right. final two minutes. But, right. you know, I, I also don't need to see stop, incessant stoppages for, say, an out-of-bounds play in the first half. I, you know, I don't need every single call without a shadow of a doubt, to be 100% correct, I, there can be a little bit of a margin for error because not every call affects the outcome of a game. No, and I think which is why there's only one challenge and why I guess you don't get to keep it no matter what, that there's this one possible time. And I, and I think we're going to end up seeing that very few games, well, not very few, but this is going to skew to the lower numbers here, that there's, there's going to be there's going to be gaps in games. Not every game is going to have a play it's going to be close. It's going to be late. It's going to be necessary to review it. So I, I think more times than not, coaches are going to leave the court at the end of the game with that challenge still in their back pocket. All right, so there you have it. Your three big headlines on this uh, Wednesday morning. Challenge system coming to the NBA. Rob Manfred said nothing to see here in terms of juice baseballs. Uh, the investigative process still ongoing now. 
uh, for Major League Baseball, and they don't have a great understanding of why the home run rates are ridiculous, but they're going to figure it out at some point in time. And uh, and then the All-Star game last night that went the American League's way, seven in a row over the National League, 25-6-1, I think, in the last 32 All-Star games. I mean, that's dominance by the American League. The way the NL used to dominate it. Uh, not more. Times have changed. And Shane Bieber's your MVP. Yes. Bothers you. No, it doesn't a bother me. A little bit. It does. No, 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 no. It, I, I said I, the dominance no. by the AL, and I, oh, you're throwing yeah, I mean, the listen, little dig. I'm a, I'm you're a, throwing the little dig. It also makes me laugh that Masahiro Tanaka gets the win last night. Why not? I mean, it just it's pointless. With guys throwing one inning, No, there shouldn't be a win credited to anybody. Chapman gets the save because he got the save. That's fine. But, you know, because Tanaka left with a one nothing lead after the second inning? I mean, come on. Eh, whatever. If Alonzo stepping up 4-1 down, bases loaded... Top eight, two out, and hits a go-ahead grand slam there. I think Met fans basically would have all dropped dead of the sheer excitement right at that very moment. They would have lost their mind. Or they would have stormed Cleveland if Shane Bieber was still the MVP. They would have lost their mind. I mean, listen, when you are a completely... Am I wrong? ...useless organization going in the complete wrong direction at the moment... With GMs throwing chairs and managers on hot seats and firing pitching coaches and hiring the grandfather of the previous pitching coach to replace him. Regan. Uh, I mean, all we got is the home run derby and we've got the all screen. Like, that two-run single might have been the last meaningful hit that Pete Alonso gets this year. Uh, maybe. I mean, it's uh, – but uh, it was right there. It was right, it was right there. there. And that, isn't magical, it... that magical all-star game moment that we really didn't have last night. And, and like almost, right there. almost a double anomaly in that sequence. I can't believe that no rookie before has had two RBI in an all-star game. I mean, rookies have been in the all-star yeah, game. It's not surprising. necessarily hard to get two RBIs. And we still have only had, this is, I think, the 90th all-star game. We still only have one grand slam in all-star history. That's Freddie Lynn. Yeah. Uh, old Detroit, right? 83? Off Atlee Hammaker. Yeah, Atlee Hammaker. What a great name. And I think right. that that game ended like a double-digit NL win streak. That might be the game that turns this entire operation towards the American League. It all goes back to Freddie Lynn. It all goes back to Fred Lynn. Uh, 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS. Adam Silver. The NBA commissioner on the current NBA free agency system. We'll get into that next. Taz Moose. Taz is off. Andrew's in the house. CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. Give Taz and the Moose a call. 855-212-4CBS. That's 855-212-4227. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Andrew Bogish, Mark Malusis, Bogish in for the vacationing Taz here on this Wednesday morning. We'll get into free agency and the NBA. And maybe teams talking to players before free agency begins. Stop it with your rumors and your innuendo. How about Sean Marsh saying that Kevin Durant, I mean, <laughs> the idea, the idea to say with a straight face. They were out in Las Vegas, right, with Marks and Atkinson, I believe, to meet with Correct. the media. The idea that Shaw Marks says they as an organization learned that Kevin Durant was coming to the Brooklyn Nets, 
via the Instagram and had no conversation whatsoever with Durant or his representative. I mean, you gotta you wanna talk about I mean Manfred spit out some moronic stuff. I mean <laughs> Yeah. You, this I actually mean, wins. You mean to tell me that someone was just like, Hey, I'm signing with you, whether you like it or not. I'm coming your way, whether you like it or not. And Marks and everybody, you mean to tell me there was not one conversation <laughs> that they found out at 6 o'clock on, on Kevin Durant's Instagram on June 30th that he's coming, and they didn't have one conversation whatsoever with Kevin Durant? You got, don't say it. Just don't, we're not morons. Just don't say it. I guess he doesn't follow Woj on Twitter. I mean, come on. Come on. you got to be kidding me. Well, listen, you can tell me that. Durant made the pick on Instagram or ever, but without telling. Like that, the first thing, but like you had to know that you were in the fight. Like he, you know, he could take all his meetings and he goes at eight o'clock. I'm going to reveal where I'm signing. Maybe that's the first time you hear about it. But you have to talk to the guy beforehand. He just doesn't put himself on your team. Right, basically what Sean Mark said yesterday. Right, basically he made the decision for the Nets that he was coming. I mean, if I do that right now, do the Nets have to sign me? Can I just go? I'm signing with the Nets. Well, now I've got. Now I've got. Right now you've got your path. Right. If you're, if you're, uh, you know, if you're Sean Livingston, just announce on Instagram. I w- I'm going to the Brooklyn Nets. A two-year deal at $13 million. <laughs> six good. and a half a year. Yeah, I got to take it. It was on right. Instagram. It's I, pending. And Sean Marks will be like, that's the first time I heard he's a Brooklyn Net. But welcome aboard. Right. Come on aboard. Welcome. More the merrier. We love Sean Livingston, a three-time NBA champion, I'm former sh- Brooklyn Net. Sure, Billy Jockalone has couch space for you Great to Great high school player. Place. Yes. I mean, but... That's where you listen to what Marks had. And Marks is a smart guy. And I get you have to play that game to be within the league rules here. And we're talking about tampering and when NBA free agency officially begins. But, I mean, that is some real high-level moronic stuff. Right. That really is. As you said, you got to play the game. But you can't go too far and come across as an idiot and insult our intelligence. You can't. Like, it's just, it's not feasible <laughs> I that, that you guys was... never talked and he was just like, I'm going to the Nets. It just, it can't, it can't that, be. It's that good of a culture. Oh, stop it. You? Stop. And then someone actually did the follow-up question. Someone was like, really? He's like, yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah, he's like, seriously? He's like, yeah. You never, you never had one talk. I mean, come on. I mean, are you kidding me? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. And he's saying it with a straight face. And Marks is a smart guy. He really is. Here's the commissioner. And here's Adam Silver uh, talking about, um, you know, free agency. Let's play cut six first, right? The excessive player movement in NBA free agency. Take a listen. We knew when we shortened contracts several years ago, the, the math would be the case that with shorter contracts, you're going to have more free agency, more player movement in the summer. I, and it's always a two-edged sword. I mean, on one hand, it creates a sense of renewal in a lot of markets. It gives teams an opportunity to rebuild. But the downside, of course, is for other teams, they potentially lose players. I also think that with shorter contracts, it creates more often a sense of urgency with players. It creates greater incentives for performance. So I think on balance, it's working well. All right. What about the moratorium, Mr. Silver, for free agency? Take a listen. Obviously, if deals are being announced immediately after um, the, the discussion period begins, there have been prior discussions. And um, I think 
to a certain extent, we always Not knew to Sean Marks. that there was some leakage, some slippage around those deadlines. And I think there was a certain amount that historically has had been acceptable in the league. I think the consensus at both our committee meetings and the board meeting was that we need to revisit and reset those rules. Uh, I'd say, number one, um, some of the rules we have in place may not make sense. I think that's what we discussed. Figure that one out. It's pointless at the end of the day to have rules that we can't enforce. I think it hurts the perception of integrity around the league if people say, well, you have that rule. So, and it's obvious that teams aren't fully complying, so why do you have it? And I think this, the sense of the room was we should revisit those rules, um, think about what does make sense for our teams so that ultimately we can create a level playing field among the teams and that the partner teams have confidence that, when they're, that their competitors are adhering to the same set of rules they are. Well, yeah, I mean, it's got to be fair and balanced. But, yeah, I, I would I would think that you have to reassess your rules. $2.9 billion <laughs> was handed out in the first nine hours yeah. of NBA free agency with new contracts for free agents and contract extensions either for you know rookie deals or what have you. But $2.9 billion was handed out to NBA players. Could be NBA young superstar in today's day and age. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we could all connect the dots. If all of a sudden, you know, you're getting the announcement at 2 o'clock in the afternoon that Kyrie Irving, right? Here's the other Ed insult to injury. Kyrie Irving went at 6 o'clock will, will be signing the, the you know, the four-year, what was $41 million deal with the right. Brooklyn Nets, right? That he is going to be a Brooklyn Net. To the point where certain, after that announcement comes down, there, Kyrie Irving's releasing a hype video <laughs> of him walking through the streets of Brooklyn. Yeah, right. A hype video of him walking through the streets of Brooklyn like of him full production. Co- right, which was filmed at about five o'clock in the morning because there's nobody on the Brooklyn Bridge. Right, there's not a soul on the Brooklyn Bridge. It's filmed early in the morning. He's filming a hype video talking about coming home. And you mean to tell me you know he's from Jersey. that the first conversation they had was a t- – I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, the NFL does I mean, this. you got to be – what are we doing here? And if you don't have rules that are enforceable, get rid of the rules. And how can, how can Doc Rivers be fined like $50,000 for saying on TV that Paul George is a good player? But there's nothing the NBA can do about these situations. And I, and like, I don't know – the flip side is – Except for like putting agents and players in their own isolation chamber and GMs in their own isolation chamber for two weeks before July 1st, I don't know how you prevent guys from negotiating on the sly here. But you just, again, it goes back to pretending like we're all dumb and we don't know what's going on. Like, it's almost to me where I am with, with NCAA recruiting too. Like, just don't have rules. Because you can't prevent it's, it. It's a wild, so wild just west. Let it, just let it happen, and therefore there, no one's actually doing anything wrong. Right, and if you're not going to hand out, I mean, you have to go back to the drawing board here. How about hand out some fines? How about this? Start to take first-round draft choices away. You want to you enforce your rules? You want to do that? Take first-round picks away. You'll t- I'll tell you, you'll get every general manager to buy in. But, but, but you take you those assets do? away. But you're getting a subpoena power to get I, people's phone records, and that's, well, that's the thing. I mean, Andrew, I, I, there was no free agency period. I mean, you had you had people basically working in our business, working around NBA free agency, saying, I want to see this process play out. 
and before and I want to be there on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Before you woke up on Monday morning, free agency was over. I mean, sweet. aside from Kawhi Leonard, free agency was in act, in fact over. Sweet Billy Jock alone, who's gotten way too many mentions on the show, was actually like he didn't know what to do last week because he was going to be here on Sunday up until 6 p.m. And he didn't want to leave the building and somehow miss the Nets maybe signing and eventually obviously signing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving or somebody else. He didn't know what to do. Should he stay here? If I stay, how long do I stay? When do I know it's safe? And we were all like, Billy, it, it, you're fine because it's, it's a more like it, it, no one's going to sign right away. They're going to take their meetings. They're going to have their visits. They're going to be wooed and dined and schmoozed. Like you can go home. It'll be okay. And it ends up being that he before he left, he knew every, what everything was going on. Right before he left, and and you know had himself some dinner at you know at Billy's estate. He already knew Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant right. were in Brooklyn Nets. He went. He could have skipped back to Westchester out of sheer glee that those two guys were coming to his team. Right, but you have to have Sean Marks spin it out there, telling you that we we had no idea he was coming. So he made the official <laughs> announcement. Did, we found out just like just, just like the guy that put was himself on our team. Right, just like the guy that was sitting there in front of his computer in his underwear, uh following NBA free agency. When when Durant announces that he's going to the Brooklyn Nets, that's when that's when Sean Marks found out. I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, you gotta be kidding me. I mean now, me sitting at home, you know, you know, I so basically no no, I'll tell you this. We were I all knew. Sean Marks. No, no. And I texted I texted Mike. I found out before Sean Marks found out that Kevin Durant was going to the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yeah, Sean Marks busy hitting refresh. I mean, come on. Come on now. You gotta be kidding me. But secondly, it's like he's going to the Knicks. I texted Mike. I go, I'm telling you. I know he's going to the Brooklyn Nets. Congratulations. Oh no. No, no, he's going to the Knicks. I go, I'm telling you, he's going to the Brooklyn Nets. So, in essence, me, Mark Malusis, knew before the general manager of the Brooklyn Nets that Kevin Durant was going to the Brooklyn Nets. Wild world, huh? And you know, I mean, you've got to really be kidding knew? me. Bobby Portis apparently knew back in December. He said the entire yeah. league knew that they were the two of them were going to Brooklyn, that it wasn't a secret at all. The only thing that works in the NBA's favor here. That comes Someone should let the Knicks know to justify pairing off everybody <laughs> to try and sign them both. <laughs> the only thing that comes close to justifying their ignorance in all of this is that there is almost no negotiating with these contracts. Like that was the contract that Kevin Durant was signing anywhere, four years in one forty-one, and we knew who had the ability to give him that. So. Like, oh, he could technically just, I'm going to the Nets because he doesn't necessarily need to yeah, talk to them. Yeah, but you have to, to have a conversation. But of course he talked to them because he had to know that they wanted him. Well, right. That's the point. I'm not telling you that they have to get into the contract details and the nitty-gritty and what kind of a, you know, is he staying in a two-room suite or a three-room right. suite when he's on the road? Because it's not that. Or what does he need in terms of a masseuse or uh, the therapy? <laughs> We're not getting into all that and the nuts and bolts of a contract i'm just talking about the fact of whether or not the brooklyn nets wanted them because i don't remember the nfl the nfl had this problem where guys were signing at 1201 but and but they were signing complicated negotiated unique contracts that they might not have gotten in other places so there was no defending that and the, i don't remember the nfl saying stupid things they just changed their system and now you have to wait a full week to do anything Guys are still agreeing way too fast, but they knew they there was no way out of it. The NBA needs to understand that none of us are stupid, and and GMs are not waiting on players 
to have their first contact be a handshake accepting a deal. Yeah, I, I imagine Sean Marks after getting the news. Well, I guess we should look at his medical records because this is a big undertaking. <laughs> nah, right? Yeah. yeah. Was what he are, the one that got hurt in the finals? Right. What do our What do our doctors say? I wouldn't sign him. Oh, he's coming. <laughs> Too late. He already made that decision. We are. We're now the Brooklyn Durants. I mean, come on. I mean, it makes no sense. That makes no sense. And and for Silver, he's got to nip this in the bud because what it does do, even though it was a great Sunday night. Andrew, yeah, it does take away a week long. Thank God Kawhi, you know, did the stall tactics right. with the Lakers uh, to try and make sure he could get Paul George. I mean, he called Durant last second. He was trying to get that second star to come with him. He didn't want to be a lone man into the Clippers. He wanted to make sure if he's going back home, he wants to come back with a guy that can run with him. Um, so thank God he did the stall tactic because – that gave us something to talk about. Otherwise, I mean, you could have nipped that in the butt about three hours, Monday morning, yeah. 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time right here on CBS Sports Radio. NBA free agency could have handled it all. It was interesting, too, because the NBA's idea was let's not have it at midnight. Let's move it to 6 p.m. so we can create buzz. Yeah. But it almost was counterintuitive because when it was at midnight, it forced players that were of note and bigger names to save it for the next day. So you actually got a longer period of time out of it because it was at midnight. Right. Uh, go back to midnight. I want to hear about the the meetings at midnight. Who's at the door, whining and dining? Right. You know, I like the magic LeBron conversation for three hours out in L.A. No, I like DeAndre Jordan being held hostage in yeah. by Mavericks like, teammates. I want, go back to midnight, July first. Go back to midnight, July first. I, I I don't need to see. I, I want to see the announcements on Monday and Tuesday. I, I want to see something play out. I want to see some drama. I want to see what LeBron did. I mean, LeBron did sign July seventh, July eighth. I believe were the two dates that he signed. Uh, you know, when he left and he went back, Kevin Durant was out in the Hamptons on July 4th when he decided to leave Oak City to go uh, and play for the Golden State Warriors. I want to see a little bit of drama. I don't want to see it decide in the first 10 minutes. Right, we got no Hamptons meetings. We got no, no Carl nothing. Pavano no cruising around the world being wooed by teams. Right. There Think about nothing. the Knicks. The Knicks put it into their thing. Durant meeting. Monday, 2 o'clock Eastern. <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, wait a second. It says on our calendar we meet. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Scott, uh, he signed with Brooklyn already. Wait, yes. we have a meeting. Yesterday. We have a meeting tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We, we got the champagne and everything. We're rolling out the Durant jersey, the Mecca. Spike's coming. World's most famous arena. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, Mr. Perry. Uh, he's a Brooklyn net. What about Kyrie? Uh, a Brooklyn net as well. <laughs> When's our meeting with Kawhi? Um, he wants to meet with us out in L.A. in between the Clippers and Lakers meeting. He said he's got 20 minutes for us. <laughs> Fine. Get me Garrett Temple. Already a net. Right. Already a net. My God, who do we have? Uh, Julius Randle's available. Bobby Portis. <laughs> okay, We've, I'll take one of them. How about all three? Sold. Right. The great Reggie Bullock. Ooh. And uh, how about we bring back uh, How about we bring back one of your draft choices from the Orlando Magic? He can't shoot, but he can defend. Alfred Payton. Mm. He got a haircut. Can I interest you in Wayne Ellington? Wayne Ellington. How about a Morris twin? A Morris twin. <laughs> As Steph Bondi, who covers the Knicks for the Daily News, tweeted out yesterday, that's the game plan and the goal for the Knicks, is you trade Christoph Porzingis and you sign four power forwards. <laughs> I mean, it's all, it really <laughs> I mean, is yeah. comical. Right. They're collecting power forwards 
Like, there's other positions on the court that you need. They signed three in, like, back-to-back minutes, and now they they're all, right. stealing Marcus Morris away from the Spurs for good measure. Right. He's like, listen, Spurs aren't going anywhere. I might as well maximize my value. The Knicks could pay me $5 million more. I'm going to go to the Knicks. I know oh, they're going to stink, but goodness. I don't care. It's it's comical. It's comical. And you, wanna, you know what makes me cry at night is this, is if they were able to rectify the relationship with Porzingis, then realistically, they could go get themselves Russell Westbrook, and they'd be player. Right. Westbrook and Porzingis. I mean, you'd you'd have your two pieces to move forward as a franchise. They're gonna get. I mean, they're gonna add Westbrook. Maybe they trade for Westbrook, and then there's gonna be nothing else. And then they're gonna have to deal with the diminishing skills of Russell Westbrook. Remember when he re- averaged a triple double with Oak City? He no longer has that explosive first step. <laughs> And he's shooting 25% from three. And making $50 million. Right. And he's right. And he's wearing shirts where his nipples are exposed <laughs> as he's walking to the arena. And it's winter here. Yes. All right. Bogus. Take it away with an update. Oh, I still haven't done that yet, yes. have I? Good thing I didn't close the program. Uh, this update, Moose, is brought to you by, it's sponsored by Wrangler Outdoor. Pants and shirts made with durable fabrics, moisture management, and UPF 30 protection. Wrangler Outdoor. Clothing with outdoor credibility and everyday versatility. Try them on today. On top of the actual game last night in Cleveland, there was the annual emotional stand-up-to-cancer moment and multiple tributes to Angels lefty Tyler Skaggs, who died last week. A pregame moment of silence. Players wore Skaggs number 45 as a jersey patch, and Mike Trout wore his number 45 on his back. He made a big impact uh, on my life, um, on their lives. A lot of guys... You know, show their support. As for the All-Star game, Trout 0 for 2 in a 4-3 American League win. Joey Gallo's solo homer in the 7th ended up being the difference. The NL got 2 in the 8th but left 2 in scoring position, then did nothing against Yankees closer Araldis Chapman in the ninth. Teammate Masahiro Tanaka given the win. Dodger lefty Clayton Kershaw took the loss. They were the pitchers of record when Michael Brantley broke a scoreless tie in the second with an RBI double. Cleveland righty Shane Bieber voted MVP for striking out the side in the fifth in his home ballpark. Next summer's All-Star game is at Dodger Stadium. The next real game this season, tomorrow night between the Astros and Rangers, the rest of the teams off until Friday. The NBA Board of Governors, as we've been discussing all morning, has approved a one-year trial for coaches' challenges for the coming season. Teams get just one challenge no matter what, and they can only question a foul called against them in out-of-bounds play and goaltending or basket interference. And as we were just making fun of, veteran forward Marcus Morris may back out of a two-year, $20 million agreement with the Spurs to sign for one year and 15 mil with the Knicks. The problem being, San Antonio traded big man Davis Burtons and reworked Damari Carroll's contract just to create the cap space to get Morris, who may now say no thanks. And the Houston Chronicle says the Texans and Jadavion Clowney will not have a long-term deal done by Monday's deadline. Clowney would then play the coming season under the $15.9 million franchise tag. He is not expected to miss any games, but could show up late to training camp. Moose? All right, here's Nets GM Sean Marks on signing Kevin Durant. Take a listen. The Instagram post that he put out, That's the we were all sitting in the office, and we all got that in real time with you guys. And oh, we, we weren't even sure if we were getting a meeting that night or um, it was going to be a telephone conversation with him. I mean, it was almost like the, the guy working social media. Uh, uh, Sean, we got him. You guys see this? Durant's coming. Wait, I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet. The Wi-Fi sl- I got it. Durant's a net. 
He is a bro- <laughs> He's coming here, guys. Can we have the cap space? <laughs> Mike, you can't even make it up. I mean, come on. Don't even spin that lie. At least they lie. got him. Don't even spin the lie. You, you look it, so stupid by saying it that way. I mean, don't even. Just be like, listen, what are you going to do? I'd, if I were Marks, I'd drop the hammer and be like, listen, we had conversations with him for three days. <laughs> Come we talked Demi about Silver. his rehabilitation. He wanted to be a Brooklyn Net. He wanted to join Kyrie Irving. What are you going to do about it, Adam Silver? It's Taz in the Moose, Bogus in the House, CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, time right now to ask the pros. Were you the listener gets asked us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts? Go to cbssportsradio.com slash ask the pros. Submit your question. Be listening later on the show. We might answer your question. How about Joe in San Francisco? Uh, if, uh, if cleared by team doctors during the playoffs, you think the Nets should allow KD to play? I would not. I mean, what about you, Bogus? I... I would not rush Durant at then what, you know, at 31 years of age to come back and play in the NBA next year. Would you? Um, I mean, the problem is he can't not be Kevin Durant, which is what we saw in the finals when he got hurt again. Like, he, he can't just go out there and stand on the three-point line and shoot threes. So, like, if you put him back out there, you, you put him back out there because he's good to go and he's going to go do his own thing. If... I don't know. The point of having doctors and trainers is to trust them, right, with their information. And if he's okay and you find yourself in a spot where you can do some damage, it's it's a big gamble. But you'd have to show me numbers that say that he's, you know, that the the risk of re-injuring the Achilles is that significant. To negate the fact that he's seemingly healthy and good to go in April, twenty five percent. Yeah, I mean, like, is it, it going to be? And then is it different in October when the well, new season comes around? Well, but well, uh, yeah, say in October, it's you know, it's a five to ten percent. But there's a fifteen percent increase by him, maybe not taking all of the time. He's healthy enough to play, yeah. but y- there's a bigger chance of him coming back of re-injuring. I mean, I'm, I'm going to. I can't take that gamble. Can I would you? always. I yeah, I can take the gamble. Now I wow. don't think now you know if the timeline, let's say, is six to nine months recovery. Six days, six months, and one day in. I'm not saying go play, but if they've if they've exhausted the recovery and there's literally nothing else for them to do in terms of rehabbing him, and he's good to go, I you're gonna I'd play be, him. I'd be hard pressed not to let him go out there and play limited role in you know my second round playoff series. Well, it'll be fascinating to see if the Nets in that instance do quote unquote bite the apple uh, because it would be an enticing one, wide open NBA. If Durant is healthy enough to play, Kyrie's doing his thing, the the reserves, they've had a good season, and Durant is, quote-unquote, ready to go, it'd be interesting to see, you know, even if it's a slight risk, if they take that risk and say, all right, or do they say, we're invested in Durant for three more years, we want to make sure he's healthy enough on the court for the next three years, we're not going to gamble here, or do they gamble? Be fascinating because Marks did not close the door. That's one thing he did. He's not, not going to. He's not going to either. Yeah. He will say he'll have a non-answer until we get to the end of the year, and they know he's not healthy. But they are always going to leave over the possibility of him playing until like the calendar just doesn't allow it. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com/slash Ask the Pros. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get guaranteed low prices and excellent customer service. 
at O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every single day. Now, besides Wimbledon, not much tonight. I mean, there's really nothing. What are you going to do with your off night sports wise? Uh, well, you've got Taking me. A movie? You've got me locked into this to the Tracy Morgan SB's? opener at the ESPYS. Yeah, I'll and, watch the open. But I would, in a perfect world, I'd be asleep before eight o'clock. But that's not happening. No, not with not with kids. No, no, no. And they are up all sorts of late now. Won't leave me alone. Bad scene. Oh, that's uh, bad. Scene. I, listen, I understand. I understand bad scenes. Lord of the Flies at the Malusa's house. <laughs> Mike and Pete, thank you. Great job across the way, um, and uh, everyone on the calls as well. Thanks for tuning in. Good job, Andrew. Appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, Moose. You got it. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10 second runoff here. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.